And then afterwards, I wouldn't apologize to him. Like, look, what you did was not right, but the way that I reacted, mad wrong. I am so sorry because I went ham on you. Like, I did. Like, and I like I don't get any like. I don't get pleasure out of other people's pain. I don't. Even with my partners, like if my partner hypothetically like cheated on me, if they're like moping around and feeling bad or feeling horrible about themselves because they cheated, I'm not like, yes, this is what I wanted. Welcome to Gentrification, a podcast examining the intersection of adulthood, education, and black Americans. We sip cocktails while discussing articles focusing on the Black American experience from a female perspective. I'm Gloria Dean and my co-host is Sunny Carter. Let's get gentrified. Today on the rocks, we have some boozy hot chocolate. We have two different kinds because Sunny has one and I have one. So do you want to tell yours first or you want me to go first? You can tell them your your version first. <laughs> so my version of boozy hot chocolate, as y'all know, I'm lactose intolerant. So I be trying to do things like as lactose free as possible. And Cardi B got me on TikTok with this whip shots. So I got some vanilla whip shots, which has vodka infused in it. Um, I use my silk almond milk. Swiss Miss has a non-dairy like uh, almond milk hot chocolate so I used that and then I used rum chata as well so I just make the hot chocolate with warming up my milk put in a hot chocolate pack um, stir that up in a separate cup and then in my cup where I'm going to actually build the boozy hot chocolate I like to put a layer of whipped cream and a shot of rum chata at the bottom pour in the hot chocolate mix stir it then top it off with whipped cream some cinnamon and some nutmeg and another little shot of rum chata um, I think this is a great boozy hot chocolate. It's on my TikTok if you're interested, uh, at the highly chic, but I love it. I rarely do boozy hot chocolates, but when I do them every time, I'm like, why did I wait so long? And I, now I don't even want to talk about mine. Cause I mean, mine, I just put a little extra Shazam, but it definitely don't sound like fancy like yours. <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, I just did a classic hot chocolate. I did have a few marshmallows that I put in there, but I actually used milk. I had milk left over because I had a taste for macaroni and cheese. Other than that, I typically don't have milk. So it is like, you know, it's not whole milk. That's for sure. Uh, but like Dee said, I warmed up my hot chocolate. I put it in my pack. And then I had... Um, some scatterbrain peanut butter whiskey which i mean you know how they get you you try something in the store and you're like oh that was amazing but they actually had little like shooters of it so it was only a dollar and i grabbed a couple of those and then i also had a white chocolate peppermint liqueur so i added some of that as well and gave it a nice stir put a couple marshmallows on top and yes that was my boozy hot chocolate i wish i had some caramel or something you know give it some something to catch your eye but it's still delicious and extra boozy especially because this shot is 35 percent this peanut butter whiskey so yeah it'll be nice and warm (laughs) 35 percent damn 
Exactly. They call it scatterbrain. I see why. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah, I mean, just getting in the holiday spirit. We are recording on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates it or, you know, happy whatever. Happy day to be grateful for, you know, where you are in life. Even if it doesn't seem like a great place, it's just nice to be with family or with friends or just with some sort of group of people that's showing you love on a day like this. So, yeah, that's on the rocks. I think we should move on to our... All right, so our sister checked in today. Like we said, it's Thanksgiving. Let's start with what are you thankful for? I am really thankful for my partner like he is out here being a American hero um but you know he's made a big sacrifice and like just us talking about the other sacrifices that we'll have to make in the near future it can be you know a little sad but at the same time it's like you know he wants to build a future and if that requires a little bit of sacrifice right now then that is something that he's willing to do so i mean i'm very sad that we are not together today but um i'll be able to facetime with him all day and just you know have fun you know me i like to have a game or like some kind of something to make it interesting (laughs) but yeah that family friends like we talk all the time (laughs) (laughs) we get through the smallest moments like you know tripping or road rage and then also the big things like you know changes in our life and career and relationships so grateful for you as a friend thank you oh Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. Tears. I hit you with it. You wasn't ready. I was not. Okay. Um, I'm thankful for my family because, I mean, like, I'm just thankful for my family. Like, I haven't had, like, a chance for real, like, over the last decade. Like, this is only, like, the second or third year that I've been able to, over the last decade, actually spend with my siblings. Like, it's only me, my sister, and my brother left. And, like, my St. Louis family is what I consider my nuclear family because that's who I grew up with, even though I have a really big family. And, like, it's just really nice that, like, we have little kids now. We got, like, some little oaks in our family. So, (laughs) some little toddlers that run around. So, it makes holidays even more exciting for us now that it's not just us adults. And it kind of re like invested us into the idea of holidays and what it means to be around family during holidays because like to see like my nephew like let him get the wishbone because he's the youngest and like he don't really know what it's about like you know like things like that like seeing him have sweet potato pie for the first time you know like he half white so like he has a sweet potato <laughs> pie, and I'm like, I wonder how he likes it versus pumpkin pie. I can't wait till he's older so I can to really tell us, yes, yeah, discuss with start him. Doing those. <laughs> discuss how is the pumpkin pie? He's gonna be able to eat caramel cake this year. Like, just having my family around, my sister and her husband, like my brother and his fiance, girlfriend, wife. Um, <laughs> that's all one person. Fiance, yes. wife, say I don't know what to call her. <laughs> Girl, y'all say wife. I don't know. 
Um, we'll have to come up with a way to combine those three titles. <laughs> But just having, like, my family around, like, and being able to be around them makes me very grateful and thankful because a lot of my family has passed, so, like, I don't get to have, like, certain people anymore. And it's been a long time, and, like, it doesn't make me sad anymore. Like, I'm somber about it sometimes, but, like, you know, being able to, like, still go into Thanksgiving, like, wake up and be happy, like, I'm excited to see family. Like, it's been a while since I've been able to, like, really have that feeling, like... And I'm excited. And, like, we have fun, like, because we grown now. So, it's like, we don't have to try to sneak and drink. We ain't got to sneak and right. smoke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we do our thing. We just enjoy each other's company. You know, that's, I mean, my family, we did a, or they did a Friendsgiving um, a couple days ago. And it looked really fun. And I was just like, dang, like. I always, you know, want to put myself to the side sometimes, but then I'm like, no, I'm missing out on the fun. I got to go back. So <laughs> I definitely understand, like, really just having that that time with family, not feeling pressure, not, you know, feeling any kind of obligation but to relax, eat some good food, and laugh. Like, that's the best feeling, one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, so that's what I'm thankful for. Um, but yeah, what's new in your life outside of what you're thankful for? What's new? What are you doing? What, where are you going? Miss, uh, Jet Setter? Jeez. So, yeah, I mean, I have done some traveling, um, a lot of traveling, actually. It's been like, what did we get to, like, six, seven cities, eight cities in a couple months, so that but i was you know trying to use that to keep me a little distracted um as i shared with you guys before that my partner is in the air force and so um with him being away during the time where we really couldn't have any kind of conversation that was whew, that was a shocker took a lot out of me so i had to move around keep myself busy but i got to go to some cool places got a couple new cities um but yeah, now he's in a spot where we can talk every day, so that makes me super happy, and hopefully I'll be getting ready for a visit soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you? Huh. <laughs> oh, gosh, where do I start? Since we last recorded? Um, a lot. So I have reevaluated my love life and I realized that I am maybe a solo polyamory person. So that's a person that typically prefers to live alone and has multiple partners that they do not define in a hierarchical manner. Meaning like I don't have like a primary partner or like a main or anything like that. But, like, I just have relationships with people, and they're not all sexual. So, like, that's mm-hmm. kind of why I decided to kind of come to this point. Because I'm like, I have a lot of intimate relationships, but not all of them are sexual. Okay. Um, and not all of them are things that I'm like, I love this person, I care about this person, I want to marry them. Like, a lot of them is just like, you know, I care about this person. I think they're super cool and super dope. And there are certain aspects of my relationship with them that I don't have with other people. So there's a uniqueness to each person that I have, like, you know, a relationship with. 
but they're also free to go and do their own things. And I guess that kind of ties into our topic today because I kind of came upon this realization because I felt like a few of my relationships with people were kind of maybe becoming kind of toxic. And I wanted to understand a little bit better as to why. And I think it's because I was expecting them to do all the things that the people who I... Like, when I'm in a monogamous relationship, I can't help but be like, okay, I love you. I'm in this monogamous relationship with you, and I want to pour everything into you. But, like, I also kind of find myself wishing that they had some of the qualities of the other people that I was once with that, like, intellectual conversations, for example. Not everybody that I date can have intellectual conversations with me on the same level of what I would consider interesting. So some things that people want to talk about, I'll just be like, okay. (laughs) But like, how do you feel about, you know, intersectionality and like critical race theory? And they looking at me sideways like, bitch, what? Like, (laughs) I'm over here trying to talk to you about like, you know, I don't know, anything random. So um, I'm trying this out. I've been open with a lot of my partners. Some have been receptive. Some have not. And that's okay. That's part of it. Like, you know. Well, I think that that is definitely... Now is the time to explore. You're not, you know, in a committed relationship with one person. So giving yourself, you know, just the space to explore it's not like you're you know put took all your boundaries down and out the window but you're definitely um you know trying something out that works better for you 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 know what kind of relationship you have with people and you have a list of things that you do want that they aren't willing to do at this time so if that is how this works then let's try it out let's see yeah, just to hear more as you go through it, so <laughs> you might have to give us some updates along the way. But yeah, so far so good. Yeah, so far so good. I think like what it's done for me personally. I don't know about how it's impacted all of my partners because I haven't really had in depth conversations with them about it. Like a few of them have been like, okay. So you talk to other people is what you're trying to tell me. And I'm like, yeah, but like, so do you. And then it like dawns them. Like some of them have been like, well, maybe I'm poly too. And other people have been like, I'm not down for that. Like, no. And for those people, I'm just like, you know, okay, well, like, I don't know how our relationship is going to be moving forward. Maybe we can be friends or acquaintances or something like that. Or we don't talk. I don't know. But like, I just know for me, it's easier to not have all these expectations being filtered into one person and it kind of bottlenecks. And then when it, after the bottleneck, when it's like all these things that I want and this person can't do it, then it's like, that's where the toxicity comes in because it's like resentment and anger and mind games and manipulation starts to happen because it's like, well, if you're not going to give me what I want the way I want it, I'm going to maneuver or move in a way that makes you do the things that I want you to do. And I don't want to be like that. I really don't. Like, I want to meet each person where they are. I'm like, okay, if you can only give me, like, telephone conversations and visits every few months, I don't want to be angry with you about that. And really, I don't want to be disappointed about it. I think, for me, it's the main thing. Especially because I know that if you can only do that, 
there are other people who can pour into me and give me the other things I want, like the daily attention I want. I can get that from certain people. I can't get that from everybody. And the people who don't give me that, honestly, I don't think I really even want it from them, you know? But I also don't want to lose, like, the every blue moon attention that I get from certain people or, like, the once a week conversations that I have with somebody or something like that. So, like, I think it's helping me become more grounded in knowing what I want. I don't know if it's going to be, like, forever or if it's just a phase or what. But I do know that, like, right now, for me, narrowing it down to just one person is creating a lot of stress. Because I feel like I'm doing something wrong to everybody. So this has helped me be more open and honest. And like, it's not like I talk to my partners about my other partners. I'm not like laying down having pillow talks like, yeah, and this guy did this and this guy did that and that guy did this. Like, no, like when I'm with my people that I'm with, like when it's me and someone together, it's just us. But, you know, like it helps me kind of just quiet down all the things in my head about like being with a person and being like well you know he ain't doing this he ain't doing that he ain't doing that like that kind of has disappeared from my mental mindset and I've kind of gotten more into like focusing on the things that each person does that I enjoy and really leaning into that when I'm with them and when I'm not with them I'm not focusing on them (laughs) that's true I mean and as long as you're in a space where you're communicating clearly with everybody then I think that is definitely you know worth a try I hope I'm communicating clearly with everybody somebody might listen to this episode and be calling me like bitch what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) it's really real (laughs) it's out here now down it's out in the open I'm sharing with the listeners I'm sharing with everybody so y'all know look if y'all find me in a ditch Y'all know it might be one of many people. That's all I'm trying to say. But also, um, just to like take another step back, it like and go along with the topic that we have is toxic relationships, and it doesn't always have to be a like a romantic or an intimate relationship. Like it can be with family, it can be with friends, it can be with co-workers like this is something that all around you you want to just carefully evaluate your situations um and and see where you are and if it's worth continuing to go forward because toxic relationships are real yeah so i mean let's jump into our agenda like sunny said today we are talking about toxic relationships We have a few articles, but I think we're going to just really focus on these main two articles. One is from VeryWellMinded.com, and it's written by a PhD named Elizabeth Scott. Um, And it kind of goes through the various stages and levels and types of relationships and compare them to toxic relationships. I know when I came into this topic, I was just thinking like toxic relationships, like I read like the, you know, like on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, there's this thing like called like my toxic trait where people yes. be like, it was like one TikTok with a girl who was like, he broke up with me. So I stole his barber and it's like, she getting a haircut. So she turns around and it's like, you realize, oh, it's a girl. And it's like, oh, she stole his barber. 
Like, yes. and that's like one of the like toxic traits that people say they have, like little things like that, which I was like kind of laughing at and thought was kind of funny. Um, but then I really also was reading some of them and I was like, okay, some of these traits aren't toxic. Maybe these are more like abusive. Like there's a, there's a line that can quickly be crossed if people are not careful with their relationships. Yeah. So the very well mind article is called what is toxic relationships. And then the second article that we are pulling from is from, it's you, issu.com, and it's called Through the Lens, The Toxic Reality of the, Our Favorite Black Films. And I think both of us wanted to cover this one as well because these are all the films. <laughs> these are the films that Love Jones, Best Man, Love and Basketball, like, uh, what was the other one? Um, Jason's Lyric, maybe? I think, or something like that. Or maybe it was just Love Jones, Love and Basketball, and The Best Man. It's, yeah, it's just those three for this article. Okay, okay, gotcha. So it's like these are these are the movies like Love Jones, The Best Man, Love and Basketball. I grew up just knowing that like my little childhood sweetheart and I were gonna be like Love and Basketball. Like, yeah, we didn't play basketball. We were both short and fat, so we weren't basketball <laughs> players. But like. For some reason, I knew we were going to be like them. Like, <laughs> we had the squabbles on the ground as children. And then, like, the little, like, ooh, kiss me. And then you kiss me. And then, like, you know, I push you down. Like, ill cooties. Like, <laughs> so I definitely grew up never looking at these relationships as toxic. I remember in Love and Basketball, I thought that the guy's parents were toxic. I remember that. Yes. But yes. I never looked at the two of them and was like they're toxic like monica and q no and that one did shock me at first because that was a story that like you said so many like girls that were born in the 90s or around the 90s like we're looking at and was just like it's a love story though like in the end they they get to be together and yes she may have had a little sacrifice along the way but I mean, come on. <laughs> Honestly, I'm shocked that Baby Boy wasn't in it. I mean, some of those we can we can pick up on the toxic parts <laughs> pretty easy. Like, you know, but um, I think her perspective on the best man, um, she called it the glorified ride or die, was uh, really interesting. For me, like, when I thought about that story, she definitely pointed out, you know, some quick things that we noticed were wrong. Like, him writing about this, you already knew where you were opening yourself up to when, you know, Tate Diggs, the best uh, best man, um, decided to write the book, sharing what happened with him and Mia, which was the um, woman that was going to marry Lance, the football star, you know. That was Morris Chestnut. So in that one, it was just really interesting because she just, you know, talked about how even though, you know, Mia had her secrets in the past, Lance had his as well. And when Lance found out, he was like, I'm out. It's over. It's a wrap. And at that point, she's like, no, like, you know, trying to do 
as much as she can to to stay but that could have been a breaking point for both of them to just be like no this this definitely has something that if we're not going to be able to get past maybe going further in the relationship is not the best step yeah um i definitely felt like i do like what she said that really like stuck with me about the best man when she said does marriage mean that the man will be loyal does a woman ever fully forgive a man for his indiscretion how does someone truly heal from this once lance found out mia had been unfaithful herself he was ready to call off the wedding together and that was something that i definitely feel like i've had to experience multiple times like with some of my partners like before I shared with them about being poly, and I'm not about to make this all about me being poly, but <laughs> what I did notice and one of the things that I do feel like has like kind of cleared up since I've like accepted the idea of like, I know that right now I don't want to be with just one person on an intimate and romantic level is that like men are not as forgiving as women. Like I have mm-hmm. certain partners who like, will be with me laying in bed and like another person will call their phone and I'm like okay really so this woman's calling her phone right now and they're like it's just a friend babe or yeah it's my ex but we not like that no more babe and I'm like all right I'm not gonna trip but let somebody call my phone (laughs) and I mean they will get up get dressed leave mad not talk to me for a few days and I'm like yo that's toxic like You can't get mad at me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I really appreciated her perspective of that because in The Best Man, it was about, like, the idea, like, Mia did something and now her husband doesn't want to marry her. And it's just kind of like, okay, but, like, he wasn't perfect either. Exactly. And it's like that all went out the window when he found out about what Mia did. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, the communication is just a big part of it. If it's happened in your past, you have to be ready to have that conversation if it comes up, when it comes up, because it's going to come up. Like, you just will. I mean, do you feel like it's wrong, though, to have, like, your current partner meet somebody that you had sex with or did something with in the past if you didn't tell them? Because, like, a person I talked to was like, don't ever have me in a room with you and, like, um... A man that you slept with and had me shake his hand and I don't know that you and him had something. That's like making him have a one-up on me. Because he know that me and you got something and he know you and him had something. But he's shaking my hand and he don't know that me and you had something. But Or he doesn't, he doesn't think that I know that you and him had something. And that's embarrassing to me as a man. And I was like, really? I feel like a lot of men agree with that and as difficult as it is i've made the wrong decision before and now going forward i will give the person a heads up like i know it's not gonna make you comfortable but if you find out later you'll be way more upset and that's exactly what happened to me in that situation like i was trying to play it cool like i'm just not gonna mention it and even with me not mentioning it, like, you know, people feel the energy. People put two and two together. And so the next day, they was definitely, the guy was definitely upset. Like, you should have told me. Like, 
And so my thing is, it's just, you always think, well, maybe they won't find out. And maybe they won't. But on the chance that they do, their reaction to it is going to be worse than it would have been if he would have just gave them some sort of heads up. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've had, I've never had that situation happen. I mean, I feel like, well, it's funny because it's just like, I guess like in college, I was probably poly in college and just like never really even said it. But I definitely, (laughs) in college, I definitely had a primary. I had a hierarchical poly relationship (laughs) situation going on. And I had a primary and he knew everything. Like I never hid anything from him if it was like, Somebody he knew, especially, I always wanted to be the first person to tell him because I did not want him to be in a situation where he was surrounded by like a ton of other guys and somebody's like, hey, like I fuck your bitch or I talk to your bitch or something like that and have him like look like he had egg on his face. So like I always let him know, even when we were like on the outs and not hooking up or doing anything, I would be like, well, you know, I'm talking to so-and-so now, like, or so-and-so hit me up just to kind of suss out how he would feel about it but like I think it's important to like let people know but again with that double standard I don't feel like men are that rational to be like I'm gonna let you know too exactly now the shoes on the other foot I I don't feel I don't know but I feel like in a lot of cases they wouldn't really tell us like and, you know, women's antennas are up, too, so we usually find out as well, but, yeah. And, I mean, the reaction will go either way. Either way, like... And I, I think I, that I mean, men... I think that men fail to realize how the social structure works with women. It only takes yeah. one look from a bitch for me to know, <laughs> you fucked my man. <laughs> Yeah. It ain't got nothing to do with a handshake. He ain't got to introduce us. We ain't got to be, it ain't got to be me, you, and him standing there. It could be you across the room looking at him and then looking at me like, yeah, bitch. And I'm ready to jump across the table, like, because you got me (laughs) fucked up. Baby, I would drag you by that lace front all around this wedding, this luncheon, this brunch, this function. So it's an ego thing for everybody then. Like everybody's ego comes into play with that. And the person that was like that's not a part of the couple now definitely feels like they have some type of one up until you know they understand that all parties know and not tripping off of it. Because it's you know, it's going to be constantly, even when I do tell you, are you going to ask me more questions? Like, because now we're just going to open up a can of worm that you really didn't even want to be open. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it depends on how you feel about the situation. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not embarrassed or trying to hide anything that's happened between me and somebody, especially if I'm with my new person or I'm with like my primary person. And I'm around someone else who, like, I have something with. I'm not scared for my primary person to know. I don't think there's... Hi, Pearl. (laughs) I don't think there's, like, any problem with that or any issue with that. But I definitely feel like men don't understand. Like, and I had to learn, too, about women. Like, especially with some of my partners. Like, one of my partners that I'm, like, really, you know, we see each other often and spend most of our time together, like... 
he has a few exes that like to call and like to try to like make it seem like, well, you know, if he's laying next to you, he's going to answer my phone call type deal. Like, cause I'm more important. And I'm just like, no, you're not like, that's the thing I feel like has to really be established. Like, what are your boundaries and like what is your history with this person and why do you, like if a guy hides something from me I'm always wondering why yeah because like if it's your ex and you don't have nothing left between you and her romantically like what do you have to hide in that's true and but sometimes if it's not romantically it's emotionally I mean, I feel like emotionally is romantic. I feel like emotions can get you more than romance. Like, because emotions make you feel beholden to someone, you know? Like, you feel like, okay, I owe this person something. Like, I did them wrong or something. And I want to, like, I don't know. It goes into what I think she was talking about in um, Love Jones, The Art of Playing Games. Yeah. That, because Nina, oh, man. I didn't even see it as toxic as this article put it. <laughs> I really didn't either. Like, this article really just made me be like, what? <laughs> and I mean, from her going back to her ex to see what that was about, to, you know, dating Darius, who was the love interest, her love interest friend, like, Nina was going through it. <laughs> she really was. I mean, like, how do you, what do you feel about that? Like, at the end, like. I mean, I feel like, you know, like the article says, like, your actions throughout the movie resonates with all of us, but it's not okay. Like, she was just all over the place. And. When you don't properly close things, when you don't establish enough boundaries, this is what happens. This is the ball of mess. You turn into, I mean, she looks so good doing it because, you know, we love me along. But still, like, she, and I feel like women get to that point. Like, you know, you're just at that point where you want to be loved. You're looking for something in particular like, you know, there was something about her ex that she was stuck on. There was something about this friend that she was interested in. So, like, maybe it was a journey for something that wasn't even love in some aspects. Like, you know, she got back around to Darius, and that's, you know, who she ultimately was trying to be with. But, man. But I like this article because she says love is reckless and with no limits. And like, yes, that was the, that's a lot of situations. <laughs> yeah, I like the analysis that she did when she was talking about like, you know, like, because maybe it's because of my own personal experience. But it's just like, you know, like she said, Nina was like a primary example of what happens when society exchanged you for shames you for expressing your feelings. And she said, once her ex-fiance came back into her life, Nina began to question whether she should give things another chance with him or continue pursuing Darius. And I feel like I've been at that crossroad before. Like, I had like a college sweetheart. I love him. And if he asked me to marry him and was like, let's go to Vegas and get married right now, I probably would be like stuck in the middle of like, should I do this? Because I spent... 
so much of my life. Like since I was 19, I've been in love with you. I spent so much of my life being in love with you, wanting to be with you, wanting this idea of a marriage with you. But then it's like this guy that I really, really like who I don't have a 10 year pass with. And I am digging right now. But like there's a chance that me and him just don't work out because we don't work out, you know. And it don't have to do with any of our exes or anything like that. It might just be like we, you know, our flame burned and then went out. And it's like the idea of like, is it right for me to think like, okay, like if my college sweetheart wants something more serious and doesn't want me to be like, you know, with other people and he wants to just be us and he's going to do the things I want. Like, I'm just going to jump on that because it's safer. Yeah, but one thing that I did write down, because she did talk about that communication aspect a lot, but does the actions match the words and that's the thing like i've been in a relationship that was only phone only via phone and you can say you can give somebody the world on the phone you can <laughs> like, like you really can and until the moment that the actions align like truly align with the words that's hard to move on and it's hard because people you know you can get wrapped up in it so deep like you know somebody can tell you they love you all day and night but that's just the other part of it that I think the article could have just pushed a little further at that end because she does just truly emphasize that communication aspect of it but if you're saying we're going to do all these things, are they really happening? Yep. And that's my thing. It's like timing. I do feel like she didn't press upon or like focus on like timing. Like yeah. how long are you supposed to really sit down and wait? Like is Nina supposed to wait on her ex-fiance to do, to get his shit together? Is she supposed to wait on Darius to see how things work out? Like, there's no answer to that from any end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, nobody is telling you, like, yeah, you got to wait, like, six months. And after six months, if they don't do it, then no. Like, you know, there's no, like, time frame. Like, yeah. I've, like, broken up with people and haven't talked to them for a whole entire 365 days. And when it comes to day 366, here they go. Yeah. And they want to start off. Where we were 365 days ago, they want to pick up where we left off as if we didn't just have a whole year of us talking to other people, fucking other people, meeting other people, hating hating each other for not giving <laughs> each other what we wanted, being disappointed by each other. And it's just like, yo, you want me to toss out all these emotions I felt to help me get to where I am today to where I don't look at a picture of me and you and realize we're not together and start crying and you want me to throw all that away and just risk it all for what though? And it's like, what magnitude of commitment am I looking for to say, okay, it's okay for me to risk it all and come back and be with you again? Like, do you need to be down on bending knee with a ring? Like, do you need to be flying me to Vegas so we can get married immediately? Do you need to be at my front door knocking and I open the door and there's you and a ton of boxes with all your shit saying I'm ready to move in. Like, like how, <laughs> how can I determine that like, this is safe? Like love is so unsafe. 
It is that, yeah, she had another quote or another line in the article that said, if there's anything in life worth taking the risk for is love. And that made me think about you because you're like, love is all you need. Love is all you need. It is all you need. Oh, yeah, to an extent. (laughs) And like, like you said, you have to be true to yourself of, or be honest with your feelings about, is this really going in the direction that I see it going in? Because, I mean, you can invest so much into a toxic relationship for so long that years will go by and then you're wondering, like, how come I didn't, you know, pursue that thing that I really wanted to do? How come I didn't you know, paint the garage, just something small, but all because you've been so deep in into this toxic relationship that it, it takes a lot out of you. And that's um, something that the the other article, the very well-minded article mentioned about how it has a physical effect on you. Yeah, I think we should pause and like define and jump over to the very well-minded article Because they start off by defining what a toxic relationship is. And a toxic relationship is one that makes you feel unsupported, misunderstood, demeaned, or attacked. A relationship is toxic when your well-being is threatened in some way. Emotionally, psychologically, and even physically. Yeah. It is. And you touched on it earlier about, you know, how people are making memes and TikToks about, you know, toxic you know what's being in toxic relationships but or their toxic traits but it is something that as much as we joke about is really serious and it's it's stressful it's damaging to your body it's you know physically mentally taxing and it can cause you to have like spiral into depression like all types of things and so like just knowing that it's that serious like you have to be careful and you really have to protect yourself yeah and then i also think like it is important to mention she said people with mental illnesses such as bipolar depression major depression bipolar disorder or even depressive tendencies may be particularly susceptible to toxic relationships since they're already sensitive to negative emotions and I definitely, I mean, I've been pretty open and honest about my mental health struggles. And I definitely have to keep an eye out for that with me and my relationships. Because sometimes I'm like, okay, am I feeling down in the dumps because of something that my partner did or said? Or am I just feeling down in the dumps because this morning when I woke up, I wasn't even feeling it anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, if I would have woke up happy this morning and he would have said what he said, would I have really been this upset about it? Or would I have taken it differently if I was in a different mindset mentally dealing with, like, my depression and stuff like that? So, um, I think that's important. And I think it's important to also know the difference between toxic relationships and abusive relationships. Because some of the toxic traits I saw, I was like, low-key, that might be abusive. Like, when people are like, oh, my toxic trait is I like to get close to all of their male friends so that when me and them break up, she don't have any more male friends. And I'm like, that's... You're taking away somebody's support system right there. Exactly. By trying to make them be on your side, especially when you know that you didn't do everything right. 
Like, I have mutual friends with some of my partners, and, like, I'm very, very... I mean, you're one of my mutual friends with some of my partners. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know some of them on a personal level. Like, I talk to them, they, oh, you talking to Sonny Taylor? I said, what's up? Like, you know, that type of stuff. But, like, some of them might be like, actually, no, I'm not going to tell her you said what's up because she's not digging you right now. And they be like, what do you mean? Like, what? And I'm like, yeah, she don't fuck with you. Like, remember how you did me wrong? Like, I may have forgiven you, but, like, my friends aren't... (laughs) aren't as forgiving as i am sometimes like we stick together (laughs) and that is like a like boundary and like kind of a a line that you have to try to figure out how to jump across and how to like walk on with friends who are like you want your partner to be friends with your friends but when your partner starts doing you wrong like you want your friends to be your friends but then it's like (laughs) if they do you wrong you get back with them Side, right? right it's like they do you wrong they on everybody bad side but then you get back with them everybody looking at you like bitch what so do <laughs> i let him come to my house or no yeah and i mean i i like the fact that you pointed out the toxic versus abusive relationships um like i mentioned earlier it is a thin line one of the things that she pointed out is that you know, that tension starts to build and they act on that abuse. And for some people, it's like you have to realize it's not always going to be physical. It can be psychological. It can be emotional. And, you know, that person who committed the acts then starts to victim blame or like minimize the abuse. And you just really have to be careful. Like you have to have a support system you have to have people around you give them some kind of heads up like hey i'm I'm gonna experience something or i'm trying to make this this step this change this shift and you know make sure that you find your strength because getting out of those relationships are never easy but staying in it can you know have some really horrible endings so you, you know have to be careful yeah so I do like in a very well-minded article or the very well-minded article, she broke down toxic behavior versus healthy behavior. Yes. So you want to like go through that list and just kind of touch on. So like a toxic behavior would be being insecure versus a healthy behavior would be being secure. Yeah, she also said um, the toxic behavior is jealousy while the loving, I mean, while the healthy behavior is being loving. That's hard for me. Like, I went through this list of toxic behaviors, and I, like, circled the ones where I'm like, okay. Yeah. I can see the areas where I could be maybe toxic. Jealousy? Definitely one of them. I I get jealous. I do. The insecure one can be me at times. The jealous, not so much. I feel like in my present relationship... Being apart makes my mind wander sometimes, and so I have to be like, pull it together. But other than that, like, I feel connected enough where there's, you know, not much that I have, you know, jealousy around. I struggle with jealousy with partners who have female friends because, again, especially like I have a particular partner who has a lot of female friends, I have a lot of male friends. Yeah. Like, So, I thought, okay, it would be easy for me to understand it because, like, he likes friends of the opposite sex. I like friends of the opposite sex. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. But when I see him, like, 
catering to things about them. Like if I want to talk to him about a problem in our relationship and he not trying to talk to me about it, then one of his female friends call him, my baby daddy, blah, 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 blah. And he on the phone with them for 30 to 45 minutes. I'm sitting there looking at him like, so yo ass can talk to her about yes. her baby daddy that you can't do nothing about his actions or hers. You can tell her, <laughs> hey, I think you should leave him. She might not leave though. Or he should be treating you better. That don't mean he gonna treat her better. That don't mean nothing. But if I'm talking to you about me and you, you can control that because you can change your behavior. I can tell you I don't like how you do this and you can change that. You can tell me, well, I don't like how you do this and I can change that. But you don't want to spend any time talking about that. But you want to talk to her about her issues or like these damsel. I call them damsel in distress calls that he be getting. Like, why is your (laughs) friend calling you at midnight? My so-and-so got shot. My family's at the hospital because a family member got shot. Okay. You're not an EMS worker. You're not a surgeon. It's midnight. Yeah, I mean, it what, does, what are you going to do? My baby daddy got arrested. Okay. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He ain't got his JD. So why are you calling him? But it's also like communicating those like boundaries early on in the relationship or like when you see it happen like saying like hey that's not gonna fly because if you allow it to happen or when it does happen more than one time they're gonna keep doing it until you tell them that it's not something you want to happen and even then you know going to the point where it get toxic now once you tell them but the behavior doesn't, doesn't really stop change, or like yeah they get a little sneaky with it then you know, that's really heading towards that toxic path. So they say like being negative versus positive, self-centered versus giving. I feel like I'm a very giving person. Like I can be self-centered, but like not with people that I'm very close to. To a stranger, I'm probably selfish and self-centered as hell. But like, I think I'm pretty selfless and giving when it comes to like my intimate relationships with friends, family, and partners. Like, I'm not someone who's like always like we have to do what I want to do. I'm very much that person like where do you want to eat? Because I can find something to eat anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could definitely agree with we're like that. Um, I felt like for a long time being the only child, everybody's like you're you're so selfish, you're so selfish, but. I mean, like you said, we don't have a problem giving people stuff that they ask for. Nine times out of ten, we say yes anyway. So, <laughs> um, especially at this point, just knowing the life that I am about to embark on, um, it's not much room for me to be too self-centered or selfish because I'm at the mercy of the government. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to being at the mercy of the government. It is... You know, it's being at the mercy of the government. (laughs) Now, the next one on the list was critical as a toxic behavior and encouraging as a healthy behavior. And that one, ooh, it kind of it kind of poked me a little bit because I can definitely 
have a critical lens on things where it's like, no, I wasn't really asking for your opinion or your advice. I just was trying to confide in you and talk to you about what I was doing. And so like, that's something that I have to be really careful with. I have to be um, really conscious of my words and, you know, how I express things. Cause I know sometimes it can come off as critical when that's really not what I'm trying to do. I think I'm being helpful, but still, it doesn't always come off that way. Yeah. But I'm also be encouraging. So I, I see the, the healthy side of it, and I try to lean that way as, more, as much as possible. Um, demeaning versus uplifting. I think I have both of these behaviors. I can yeah. be extremely demeaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's quick. It's, it's subconscious. It's subconscious. Like, I could quickly just be like, okay, and, like... <laughs> Oh, really? You just went and did this? So, like, how does that actually impact your future? Like, I'm quick to try to make somebody think, like, oh, this little thing I did was a little sacrifice, but it's all good. Is it all good, though? Because you could have been spending that time with this person. Or you could have been spending that time addressing this issue in your life that you have, this ongoing issue that I know you're not going to be able to solve if you would have spent that 30 minutes thinking about it. But I'm just going to remind you that, like, you still haven't finished school. (laughs) Why you all be here trying to help so-and-so figure out how to fill out the financial aid form? Did you think about doing your own since you didn't finish? You know, like, that's me. I, I'm quick to do that. But I'm also very quick to uplift people and be like, you know, sometimes I feel like I uplift people on, and maybe that is still demeaning. They'll say that they did something that I'm like, oh my God, good job. And in my head, I'm thinking like, good job, like doing something that's pointless. Like, so... <laughs> I mean, it's not like they can read your mind, but it's also, you just have to remember that there's a balance. Because I was, I don't even remember the statistic, but it was saying about like how many negative thoughts your brain just fires off on a daily basis. And this is like, you have to like consciously be like, no, think positive, think positive, because it can happen. It can take over you. So you got to be careful out here. Um, distrusting versus trustworthy. I feel like I'm trustworthy and it's toxic for me. Yeah, that's that one is it's very straightforward. And if you cross the line, you gotta like accept it and be like, I messed up. I need to fix this. I am going to fix it. Like, cause whew, if you can't trust nobody, then there is no point in being in a relationship with them for real. And that's why I struggle with people who have friends of opposite sex, even though I do myself, because I know myself well enough to know that any of my male friends, if they ever tried to make a move on me, it's a hard no. Yeah. (laughs) Even if I think they're handsome, even if I think they're an awesome guy, even if I think they're amazing or we would be a great couple, like if they tried to make a sexual move on me, having had friendships with them for over a decade or two, it's like, no. Yeah. Just say no. And it's, like, crazy to me because I'm, like, I really have been friends with some of these people for, like, 20 years. Like, I'm only 30. But we've known each other since we were, like, 8 or 9 years old. And, like, if any of them ever tried to make a move on me, maybe it's that history behind it all. And growing up and seeing each other since we were in elementary school, like, dating people and shit. Like, I don't know. But, like, I just know that there's, like, a part of me that if any of them tried to make a move on me, I would just be, like, no. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I don't know how I feel about that with my partners. 
And like, I have to trust them. Like when they say, oh, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm just going to stay in my place. I don't want to, like, we don't have to stay the night together. Okay, cool. But like, part of me is definitely like, so do I trust that when he's not answering my phone call, he's not laying next to some other woman? Like, do I get mad about that? Or like, if I find out even, do I let that erode the trust that I have for him? Like, what is enough to ruin trust? That's different for every person, though. That's, like, really different for every person. Because, you know, for some people, you get cheated on once, it's a wrap. Other people, mm, let's try to work it out. Let's try to talk it out. But, ugh, that that's a really, really tough one. I know I have a friend that one time, and she was out, out, like, completely done never looked back like you know done but that's just <sighs> I mean I was cheated on once and this is like when I started college but this is funny because she like cropped this was you know when we had pick editors so she cropped half of <laughs> her picture and his picture into a little heart and I was just like what the heck but after that I was kind of done I don't know if that was like me feeling like, oh, okay, this is also an out, but yeah, I, I definitely was done after that. But if it was a different relationship, I mean, she just cropped a picture, so is it that big of a deal? But and depends. that's my thing. Like, I've had certain relationships where it's like, oh, you got another woman's number, bye. Never yeah. talked to him again. Blocked him. Didn't. Here, no excuses, no back and forth. No, we got in a car accident and I needed to exchange information. Like, no, don't care. And then other dudes, like a woman FaceTiming or I'll look at their phone or look at their phone and here's like a picture of somebody that popped up that they sent. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? And we sit down and discuss it. And it's like, it's not my fault that they're sending me nudes. And I'm like, okay. And yeah, like, and then I, I give him another just, chance, and I'm like, "Fuck, am I the dumb mm-hmm. one?" See, that's that's a tough one because if they send him news, like, what kind of conversation y'all having? Like, and some people just don't even tolerate that. As soon as they see that, they just like, "I'm out." Like, it's that's that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I feel like I know a lot of people though. Like, oh, you get news then you just don't even know how to tell people you're in a relationship from the job or all of these people around you just disrespectful and you're not around the kind of crowd that is good for you to be in a healthy relationship. And that's my thing. <laughs> it's like, I always go back and forth because it's like, okay, I've gotten unsolicited dick pics before. It happens. It does. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> from dudes that I didn't even think, like, you know... <laughs> Like, from dudes that I didn't even think, like, felt me like that, like, unsolicited dick pic, and it's like, okay, what do I do or say to this? Like, I don't know. But, like, at the same time, like, you know, so it's like, I understand that aspect of it, but I also know, like, you know, there's also that balance of, like, okay, he's just not dumb enough to have his shit on private. If he looked at my phone, who, I can't say how he would react to some of the messages that he sees, you know? Yeah. 
or like any of my partners like i can't say like how they react to some of the messages they would see if they went to my phone outside of the fact that i don't think any of them would look through my phone and then afterwards be like okay let's go to dinner and let's go shopping <laughs> like i don't think that's gonna be the next thing that they say after they look through my phone and read through my messages but like at the same time like do I give people a pass because of my own behavior? Like, or do I recognize that they have some of the same toxic traits and cut them off because it's toxic? And what's like, if we both jealous or we're both insecure, that's not good. But it also it's like, should I even be trying to seek out a person with healthy behavior who is secure and bring all these toxic traits to them? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Okay, that's another question. If you are a toxic or if you know you have toxic traits, are you ready for a relationship? Like, do you need to work on that a little bit more? Like, because... Now, this thing (laughs) is say healthy relationships can improve conditions like anxiety and stress disorder. So... They're going to help you, but how much are you going to be ready to help yourself so you don't, you know, infest them with toxicity? And that's the thing. Like, how much are you actually helping them if you're toxic? Like, I met a lot of nice guys that I've been like, let's just be friends. Because I know I would tear that ass up. (laughs) Maybe mentally you ain't ready. (laughs) You are not. And it's like, I really do think, like, I mean, like I said, I know I have certain toxic traits. Disrespectful versus respectful. I am very disrespectful to my partners. It only takes them to say one thing and that mind clicks. And after that click, (laughs) it's like, light switch. Bitch, what? (laughs) And from there, I will make you feel like you want to crawl back up into your mother's womb and be a fucking zygote and just restart life. (laughs) Because everything you've done up until this point has been a disappointment and a failure. And if nobody else told you that, I'm here to let you know, unimpressed. And if you don't think that I have the ability to tell you that I'm unimpressed and I'm not high enough on a pedestal to say that to you, that should really make you feel even worse. Because I'm not even on a high horse and I'm telling you your shit and I'm standing in shit. (laughs) (laughs) You have to understand. That is very <laughs> toxic. <laughs> and you gotta work on that. I know. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. It's not even funny. It's not. I'm not always toxic. I'm not always toxic. It's just that, like, my toxic traits are very, very deep within me, they're in my bone marrow. Like, if I gave you a kidney transplant, you would probably become more toxic. <laughs> Well, you also just, you know, understand your triggers. And if you see it heading in that direction, just like, you know, get out of there. Abort mission. It's okay. You don't have to stay. And that's You don't, not- but like also a bitch like me be like, I'm gonna abort mission, but I'm gonna stand my ground first. <laughs> Before I go, I'ma let you know all about yourself. The I next time you see it. me, you won't have to guess should I say hello or not. <laughs> for some people it'd be like hell yeah i can say hi to d what's up what's up glory what's up what's good other people <laughs> i hope she don't see me i hope i don't see her i think i saw her i don't know if that was her or not i'm not gonna do a double take to see if it really was like 
Yeah, but being toxic does drain your energy and your happiness. So you like you just gotta know when you see yourself getting to that point. You, you gotta know how to how to deal with it, how to cope with it, how to process it. Cause yeah, and trust me, I've I've gotten to some places before. I told you recently that I was just not feeling the situation. And was just waking up just in a bad mood. Like for a morning straight, listening to music, like with an attitude. And then I just had to process it, had to get myself through it. But whew, you get to those points where if you don't if you don't distance yourself from it, it can it can get worse. For real. Okay, but how does that work with family members who are toxic? Because we all got toxic family. And I see it in my younger cousins, like my little cousins who be texting me at least three or four times a month for ten, fifteen dollars. You're toxic. Get away. You you didn't say happy birthday to me. You didn't ask what's going on in my life. Every single you look at our text thread is always, can you send me da 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 and me Apple paying you or me cash apping you. Yeah. Ain't never you don't even start out the message. Hi cuz, how was your day? I was wondering if you could loan. Like you don't even know manners. You don't even have manners. You have no type of tact. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words. <laughs> For real. Like, you have no tact. You don't even know how to approach the situation. Like, you don't even know how to make a shit sandwich. Hi, hope you have a great day. By the way, your car has four flat tires. Hope everything works out well for you. Like, you got to make a shit sandwich. Start off with something good. Put the bed in the middle. End with something right. good. Nobody has taught you that yet? Right? We learned that in English. <laughs> right? <laughs> we were giving feedback to people papers. Okay, now even though the paper was crappy, say something good first. <laughs> I really love the format that you use. The, your MLA? What? Perfect. What style is this? <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember in, in high school kids these days don't learn that and it's unfortunate because like they don't learn it when they need to learn it and that's the school and their parents fault honestly because like you got to teach people how to approach things like beggars can't be choosers isn't the only lesson that you can like tell them beggars can't be choosers but beggars can't also be entitled right don't don't text me like i need this and like can you give me this because i need it and like i know you work and that Okay. Yeah. I know I didn't give birth to you. I definitely have to remind, you know, my sibling about that sometimes. Like, honey, make sure you start off with a good morning, have a good day before you make requests. I mean, sometimes just send the request right on. Don't even, <laughs> hey, heads up or nothing. <laughs> and then you'll be like, okay, you need ten, fifteen dollars for what? <laughs> Dang! If you can't give it to me, just say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? So you telling me I can't even know where my money going? So Bye. actually, that helps us move into another part of this article, the toxic relationship article about the narcissist and the sociopaths. Because whoo, yeah, get flashbacks of my <laughs> professional life and. This sounds familiar. <laughs> I really think people use these type these things wrong 
So I feel like we should. Did she explain? I don't feel like she really broke down what they actually mean, but she did say some people, particularly narcissists and sociopaths, tend to feed off of other people's attention and admiration. Narcissists feel a need to one up people and make them feel less than in a quest for superiority. I don't think yeah. I do that. I don't think I'm a narcissist. Somebody has told me I was a narcissist before. After reading this article, I can wholeheartedly say I am not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a narcissist. I feel like I, I can say I worked with a narcissist. Um, I feel like you can say that as well. <laughs> it didn't even click until like I was reading this, and I was just like, "Hmm, this actually does sound familiar." And it's like, narcissists uh, notoriously don't admit fault because they believe that they never make mistakes. And that's the thing. She constantly told me how self-aware she was. And it was like, if you understand that you're so self-aware, you are, you will realize you are messing with people. You are bothering folks. Really tearing them up, if you want to be honest. Like, you are going in on people all the time. And then you feel fine when you leave. Like, I've had moments, even where I've had co-workers who crossed the fucking line and I went to fuck off on them. And then afterwards, I wouldn't apologize to them. Like, look, what you did was not right. But the way that I reacted, mad wrong. I am so sorry. Because I went ham on you. Like, I did. Like, and I, like, I don't get any, like, I don't get pleasure out of other people's pain. I don't. Even with my partners, like... If my partner hypothetically like cheated on me, if they're like moping around and feeling bad or feeling horrible about themselves because they cheated, I'm not like, yes, this is what I wanted. It's like, no, this isn't what I wanted either. Like I wanted you to not cheat, but since I can't have that, I don't want anything. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing you can do. Like you feeling bad about yourself or thinking you're a horrible person or being depressed or wanting to like kill yourself or something because you did something that upset me doesn't make me feel better. So right. I was very pleasantly surprised to find that I am not a narcissist. <laughs> so fuck you yeah. people who keep telling me I'm a narcissist. Get out of here. You're wrong. Yeah, neither one of us fit into this in any kind of way. But I feel like some people around us, even if we don't call them a full on, you know, narcissist or sociopath, boy, they that little trait pop up with them. Kind of frequently. <laughs> yeah, baby. I mean, and then we always ask the question, do they not realize what they're doing? They, maybe they do, but they just don't care. But that's the narcissist trait of it. Like, they don't think they're doing nothing wrong. So, yeah. Yeah, she also mentioned gaslighting with narcissists and sociopaths. And, like... I've talked to my partners extensively about this because I've been watching Dirty John season two on Netflix and it's the Betty Broderick story. Oh, Baby, God. that lady went and killed her ex-husband and his new wife because he fucked with her. Ooh. I don't believe people like me and my partners have debated about this. Like my partner, one of my partners was like, she should have went to jail. He, she killed his wife. His wife had nothing to do with it. His wife was her, his secretary who knew she, he was married, who knew he was lying <laughs> to his wife. Who saw his wife coming up there trying to surprise him and was looking at her like, bitch, I already got him a birthday cake. Mm. No, I don't think she should have went to jail. I don't. You don't you don't mess with somebody's mind like that. There was a whole like idea behind me feeling like, okay, maybe I am poly because like I do have intimate relationships with more than one person. 
And like, I don't want anybody to find out that I have a close relationship with someone else and then get upset about it to the point where they want to kill me or them or themselves. Exactly. Like, I don't want anybody to be like, I didn't realize that you had someone else that you would call if your car broke down and you wouldn't call me. No. I have you for certain things. I have this person for certain things. Like, my relationships are all different, but they all exist. I want you to know that ahead of time. I don't want nobody to be shocked if I decide I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to roll with somebody else or I just don't want to be with you. But what I don't like, if I ask you... Are you talking to another woman? Did you go on a date with somebody? And you say no, but I know that you told the truth. The fury that I instantly feel. Yeah. When I know someone is lying to me. I understand Betty Broderick. I get why she did what she did. Like she spent months asking him, why are you coming home late? Why are you doing this? Is it somebody new? He t- she told him, get rid of that new assistant you had. He finally told her no. He waited until... Years later, when they were actually going through their divorce, she was like, was I imagining it all? And he was like, no, you weren't. And he Ooh. said it so smug, so chill. He said it like, like, she was like, is it hot outside? Yeah, it is. He's no, you weren't. Just like, mm-hmm. like this isn't going to have any consequences. Oh, I saw her face when he said that. Yeah, she's going to kill him. Man. And that's the part, like, when you gaslighted somebody to the point where, you know, the person is questioning, is this really happening? Like, it's hard for them to understand, like, this is the reality. And, I mean, like I said, that happened with me. I was feeling a certain kind of way. And I felt like I would talk to you about it a little bit, maybe talk to some family members. But because you guys weren't there, nobody could validate, like, no, this is really happening. But then one day I was in a car with my coworker and she broke down for over an hour saying the same stuff that I have been saying. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like this person is really gaslighting everybody out here. Like it, it was, it's yeah. Like you said, infuriating. You'll, you'll definitely be on fire. Yeah. And I felt fury before. It's the most dangerous emotion I think ever existed. Whew. Yeah. Like I like I used to always say I'm seeing red, but not actually. I've actually seen red at points in my life now. I will never play around with that shit again and say I'm seeing red when I'm not. Because mm. when you are, like the feeling of like like I actually like sometimes when I get like furious or something, like I would like journal. I went back and read journals that I wrote. Like I would literally write, I'm furious and then start journaling. And I went back and read some of that stuff and I'm like, yo. Don't ever talk to that person again because nobody should ever be able to have the ability to make you feel the emotions that you felt where you felt like, I don't care. I will throw my life away just to make sure this person doesn't have it. Yeah, man. It's scary. It's a very scary feeling. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. So toxicity can exist. What about with family members? I don't know. I got toxic family members like. Like, some toxic family members are kind of like the Instagram thing where it's like, you don't want to laugh, but it's just like, you're so toxic and I just can't, like, they're older than me and calling me for stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, hold on. Because this can get really crazy sometimes. the family and toxic relationships 
is actually a little deep for me because when I first went to therapy, that was one of the first things that I like talked about. And it's hard because you just want that person to not be toxic. Like you want to have a relationship with them. In a lot of cases you want to, you know, grow and develop. But if that person stays in that toxic spot, then the relationship, you know, sometimes can never move forward. And so I think the article suggests, you know, having assertive conversation and having, um, you know, distinct boundaries. And I definitely agree that that's one of the best ways to do it. But it's hard, especially if it's somebody that you really value and really, you know, care for. You want to have a relationship with, with them. So it's not easy. Yeah, like, you know, I have certain siblings who... I didn't really get to grow up with them, but as I got older, I was able to like establish some sort of a connection with them and get a bond. And like, it's I'm the baby of the family on my mom's side and my dad's side. And Papa was a Rolling Stone, had a ton of kids. But like, one of my older siblings on my dad's side even like me and her class because it was just kind of like you don't want me to have the feelings about dad that I have because you had a better relationship with him. Yeah. And, like, every time she would call me, she would say stuff like, well, have you thought about forgiving our dad yet or thinking of him as the amazing man that he was because he did give us life? <laughs> Baby, <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful and not call you out your name because you're my big sister. Who was older yeah. than my mom, by the way. Oof. But couldn't see the toxicity of our own father. That's so hot. <laughs> And, like, she wasn't one of those counseling people. Like, we black. Therapy? Jesus, baby. That's it. <laughs> so, like, we didn't... We clashed. Like, and then I just have other family members who just are, like, toxic in a sense of, like, like grown people. Not like my little teenage cousins who are just... I don't really say they're toxic. I say they're toxic, they're but... They're just brats <laughs> and they don't know about life. But I've had yeah. other toxic family members who, for real, like... Growing up, even, like, we were here, me and my sister always heard growing up, like, how we weren't going to amount to anything, was going to have kids before we could even, like, you know, have a career and all this stuff. And now that we're successful, like, they, they'll they give us our flowers, but they can't do it without adding some, like, salt to it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, you did good. I can't believe you graduated college. You can't believe it or I just did good congratulations from graduating college. <laughs> like, what? I have less than what your children had. And you can't even acknowledge that with less than I was able to prosper even further than you even thought your kids could even do. You only wanted your kids to get a high school diploma. (laughs) It can, yeah. It can can really get there with family boundaries. I have to say it's the biggest thing. Like I said earlier, I have no problem saying, I think I need some space. I think I need to take a step away. I'm not trying to come at you, but I just want you to know that the way we're interacting is not good for me right now. Plain and simple. Yeah. Overall, this was like a great article. Um, I love the fact that, especially in the Very Well Mind article, 
they they give you the definitions of toxic because it's way bigger than the memes and the TikToks that you're seeing. Yeah. Um, but they also, you know, walk you through the, the interactions from families to friends to coworkers and then really just how to deal with it. And if you get to a spot where you're seeing these big red flags, the good is not, you know, the bad is outweighing the good. You have to, you know, make a decision for yourself because you have to protect yourself more than anything. Yeah, and I do like how at the end of the Very Well Mind article, they did give you tips on how to leave a toxic relationship. They say, how you choose to end a relationship depends on your situation and how safe you feel. You could, A, tell the person directly that you're choosing to end a relationship and list your reasons. B, let the relationship fade away over time, slowly communicating with this person less and less. Or C, discontinue communication immediately, particularly if a relationship is threatening your safety. And that's the thing about toxic toxic relationships. It's like it's all fun and games until you start realizing, yo, this really impacts your mental health. Like like mm-hmm. I said, I'm someone who has mental health issues, so for me it's like, yo, I can't let this stuff get too out of hand. Like yeah. sometimes it's funny to laugh at like ha ha ha, he thinks that I don't know this or ha 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 like that is happening, but like at the end of the day, I think it's very important to realize when something is like making your mental turn you into someone you're not and like if you waking up and every day you're waking up and your routine is not the same anymore in a sense of like doing the things that you enjoy doing the most because you're so focused and bogged down on whether or not the person that you're with or a person in your family or a person at work like if you dread going to work because you just cannot deal with your boss coming to you one more time about blah 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 like that's toxic you got to get out of that yeah, that's how people but end up shooting up Walmart. What to expect from them, for real. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to end for toxic relationships. We kind of went it. We went in on this one. We did, we did, but it was um, a needed conversation. I think, like I said in the beginning, people should definitely evaluate your relationships. It's you know something that you have to do often it's not something that you just decide oh no you're good people and then keep going and it is good people out there people can be in your life forever but for the ones that are bringing negativity and toxicity to you you have to be able to create boundaries because hey we're not trying to slow down in life we're trying to make our moves we definitely are okay so i think we can move on to our affirmation i think you guys I think you got the affirmation for this one. What is up? So, as much as we talked about toxic relationships, um, we also talked about healthy relationships and the love that comes from that. So, the affirmation that I have for today is love knows no distance. My heart will travel wherever it needs to be. Oh, love knows no distance. My heart will travel wherever it needs to be. Totally yes. not biased. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like this one was kind of like a yin and yang for you because you're like, nah, I didn't travel before. Baby, but... <laughs> let me tell you something about the heart. The heart wants what the heart wants, but baby, the mind, the mind. <laughs> 
you can live without your brain working. You can. <laughs> you can. You can be brain dead and still alive. If your heart stops, you die. So I understand the heart wants what the heart wants. But if your brain stops, cognition stops. <laughs> and then you're all over the place, just reckless. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good affirmation. I do feel like, you know, I mean, I'm very big on love is all you need. I do feel like love will travel the distance. Like, I have had relationships where I thought, like, all right, we're done because of distance, like physical distance or emotional distance. Like, I'm just like, you know, we got to a point where it's like, yeah, man, we can't, we can't go back or get close again. But then it's like the heart wants what the heart wants. When this person weighs heavy on you, you really love a person like, you know, you're willing to do things that you don't normally do in order to try to figure out a way to merge that relationship into your life in a healthy manner somehow yeah and sometimes it turns out toxic because there is no healthy way to merge it but then other times it turns out really well like you know like because we all have to adjust to change and i think adjusting to change is the area where things can turn toxic because you can either handle the change or you can't yep that's it so it so handle the change whatever that looks like for you we got this out here all right and that is another episode of gentrification we're almost down to the end of season two it's november we're going into december and then january we start season three but we are very thankful for everybody who listens to our podcast we hope you all enjoy your thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Peace.